Teaching Channel Talks. Every other week, I'll be talking to expert educators about how to tackle some of the most challenging issues in education. I'm your host, Wendy Amato. I'm a lifelong learner with a PhD in curriculum and instruction. Welcome to part two of my conversation with author and educator, Doug Lamov. If you haven't yet heard the beginning of our conversation, make sure to listen to our previous episode. Here's the rest of our discussion. Doug, you've used the phrase habit of discussion, and it leads me to thinking about recommendations you've made in webinars and other places where, where routines are really important for students. It reduces the cognitive load of, of what to do and lets them focus on the content. How do we establish routines in a hybrid environment? This, this is an interesting question to me. Yeah, I think we've been having a discussion about this with my, with my team, and I think that there are two versions of the routines. And one routine might be where I have a different activity that we do at home versus what we do in the classroom. So I saw a really lovely example of this the other day of a teacher who um, uh, she was teaching a math lesson. It's an area problem. And she says, great, uh, really, uh, now that I've shown you how to do it, compute the, what would the area be of this, uh, of this shape um, go? Uh, and so then she says, she's got a routine for the Zoomers, which is in the chat. When I say go, uh, chat me the area. Uh, don't chat until I say, until I say enter. And then the kids at home are working on whiteboards because again, like she's sitting in front of her laptop. So the uh, writing on the screen so the kids at home can see it. And so they're, they're showing is, um, is a whiteboard that they're holding up. So then she can at a glance, look at what, look at the chat that's coming in her screen and then glance up and look at the kids in the classroom. And so that's the case where there's actually, there are actually two interlocking routines, slightly different for the kids at home and the kids uh, in the classroom. Um, a different version of that might be, I actually have the kids at home hold up a whiteboard to the screen and then I'm gonna scan all their screens and, uh, and the kids in the, in the classroom are also using a whiteboard. One of the reasons I like that routine in particular is to go back to something you said earlier, which is uh, we're not all on computers, right? It's, it's, it's causing the kids at home to behave in a classroom way as opposed to the kids in the classroom to behave in an at-home way. But I think that those things happen just like um, just like any routines get installed, which is uh, explain to the students why the routine matters and how to do it. And then we practice it and we give them, you know, I give them feedback. And so I want to have a, I want to design a lesson where I'm going to use whiteboards three or four times in rapid sequence so I can, so we can get that routine down and I can hold, hold kids lovingly accountable for doing it and doing it well and explain how it works. And so then once it's installed, I can, I can draw on it reliably and students hopefully can do it as you pointed out with no load on working memory and the brains can be all in the, on the classwork. That sounds like a win. The brain's on the classwork. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All teachers want to hold kids lovingly accountable. Yeah. How do you do that in a hybrid environment? How do you offer that feedback and the nurturing, the encouragement, the recognition? Yeah. You know, I think we have to tell kids that we appreciate it when when they when they engage in class in a positive and productive way. We just have to let them know that we see it and we value it. So. Um, I want to ask for participation frequently. Could be in the chat, you know. It could be uh, raise your hands to participate. But then I want to make sure to say, oh, I see lots of hands up at home and in the classroom. Oh, I'm so excited to hear what so many of you had to say. I might not be get to be able to get to all of you, but let's start at home. Right in there, I'm saying like, I see it and I care when you raise your hand. Or let's see, uh, let's hear the answers to the area problem. Go chat if you're at home. Hold up your whiteboards in the room. Wow, it's a sea of whiteboard. It's a sea of whiteboards here in the room. And look at all those. Look at all those answers coming in the chat. Thank you. Ooh, can't wait. Yes. I don't, even if I don't call on you, I can just say yes, Wendy. That's right. Or ooh, that you know, thank you for answering, Wendy. And now I'm telling kids I see your participation. 
And I just think that notion of like letting kids know that they are seen metaphorically, literally and metaphorically is, it's always important in a classroom, but it's 10 times more important when we're online. I hear you inviting teachers to speak out loud and acknowledge what they may forget to say out loud. And yeah, that, that's a beautiful way of putting it. Yeah, the, the intention is there, the awareness is there, but it's not always articulated. And that may be something for us each to dial up while and we're in. I, say, I love the way you put that. Um, and what a beautiful message, which is one of the ways to survive is to remember to show gratitude for the things that we're grateful for. We've seen anxiety and uh, social emotional learning challenges. Numbers have grown exponentially during the past year. And I think this sounds like a nice offset to put back yeah. in, into the learning space where we can, I don't know if it's dopamine or um, uh, oxytocin, whatever chemical is released from kindnesses. And yeah. that's something we can give even when we're not in the same room. You know, I think the other thing that people really respond to is meaning. And that sounds, maybe that sounds silly, but I think one of the causes of psychological duress for many students is feeling like school is not meaningful when they're at home and instruction isn't very good and we waste our time. And, you know, I think one of the most profound emotions is, is the feeling of flow, which is you are part of something that causes you to, that we are challenged and you're engaged hopefully with other people and you lose track of time. And that's really what happens in a beautiful lesson, which is the flow, the flow picks you up and gathers you, carries you along. And so if I could say like one of the things that I think teachers have done out of best intentions in online learning that is counterproductive is kids come online for the class and they say, how are you today, David? How are you today, Joseph? Sarah, how are you? Wendy, how are you? Great, and, and did you have a good weekend? Tell me about your, what did you do on your weekend, Claire? Whereas um, I think what kids are yearning for is meaning. They're, they're yearning for a class that shows that teachers think that they're worthy of being there and where they're doing productive things. And so, you know, very quick reading. Good morning, Wendy, nice to see you. David, nice to see your smiling face. Let's get started. We have, we're gonna be learning how to add fractions with unlike denominators. It's gonna be so interesting. First of all, let's just review. Uh, Wendy, tell me about what, uh, tell me about what we know about denominators, right? Uh, and great, and Claire, what about numerators? Great, and if we wanna add them to great, and so, I'm trying to, my goal is to create meaning through flow. And lots of times teachers unwittingly counteract that by, because we love our students, by wanting to ask them how they're doing and, and, and what they're really waiting to do is be involved in something. That is great teaching essentially. And that ironically, I think that's the best way to build relationships and connections with students or at least do it while we're teaching. If our intentions are to welcome and recognize the students, then let's be quick about that and show that we value the time together by making it purposeful. Yes, that's beautifully put. I'm going to write that. <laughs> I'm going to get a transcript of the conversation so I can write that down because I think that's. I work. I work with a student every Sunday, and we have a quick hello, and I'm quick to say I've been looking forward to this hour with you all week. Mm. And, and we make it about getting into that hour together. I, at the beginning, used to spend time asking about things that had been going on. And then I realized we, we really need to make this time together precious. And yeah. it was a nice shift. Let me ask a different question here. What should teachers and parents prioritize during hybrid? There's so mm -hmm. much to tend to. How do we know what the priority needs to be? For me, it's reading. Um, and reading, uh, reading from a book, 
and not from a screen and reading and uh, and so reading together, reading aloud, uh, turning off our laptops as much as we can and getting as much time uh, with eyes and text is if I'm a parent, that is by far and away the most important thing for two reasons, because I think, you know, uh, we have to assume that there are going to be educational costs this year and reading is the most, you know, is, uh, is the most important among equal among all the things that we teach because everything relies on it. But also reading is the place where we build attention and our habits of attention and our abilities to sustain focus and attention. And that is one of the hidden drivers of success in school. And so, uh, you know, I think for a lot of kids, they spend all day on the screen in class, whether they're, as you pointed out, whether they're in class, whether they're in the school building or whether they're at home, they're screened. And as soon as we're in a screened environment, our expectation is, you know, our, our level of focus and concentration is disrupted because we're, we're waiting, you know, when we're on a screen in a screened environment, we tend to change tasks every minute or two. And so we're expecting that to happen. And we simply, the research is really clear. We simply do not concentrate as well when we're, on a screen, when we're on a screen. And then kids after a day of, you know, like six or seven hours of this, um, if they pick up a book, which they probably don't do, let's, you know, because the, the, the book is fighting against the phone um, and kids can't go out and, you know, it's harder to go out and do sports and all their activities and, you know, whatever clubs they're a part of. Maybe they lie on their bed with their phone on their on their stomach, reading a book, and they're just you know and they're distracted by text messages coming in and alerts and things like that, and so they never have these states of sustained concentration that are so important to cognitive development, where you read uninterrupted for forty minutes, you know, from a text. And so, if I'm a parent or I'm an educator, the most important thing to me is. And the two things I accomplish when, when, kid, when kids are reading from a book, non-screened environment, is they're practicing the most important skill, which is reading, but they're also practicing concentration and attention and focus. And that is going to be one of, the, one of the hidden costs of this year, I'm sure. You didn't hesitate when I asked you what people should do. <laughs> I think you spent a moment thinking about that priority for, for students, for families, reading. That was, the, that was the parent in me talking. <laughs> for sure. Doug, I've heard students say I don't like reading and I always say to them, oh, that just means you haven't found what kind of reading you like. And, and it's, just, it's such a nice way to answer. And, and whatever it is, there is something out there for everybody to help them yeah. develop that sustained attention skill that they need. There are also types of reading. And I think one of the ways to get students to like reading is to read aloud to them and with them. Because when we read aloud, you know, we breathe life into the text, and we are showing them what an ex what a text sounds like when it's infused with meaning, and how compelling it can be. And if I can read aloud to a student, I can read to them more advanced stories. If they're younger students, then they can decode on their own, and so they can be exposed to something much more complex than they're used to. And so, if I had a reluctant a student who was reluctant, then my first, you know, first of all, I just think the shared experience of reading together is a is a, is a profound experience because it's a social experience. Experience, and that's where, this is where text started and stories started as things that we shared you know, with each other around the room or around the you know around the uh, campfire. Yeah, around the campfire, or because we wanted to because we wanted to shape each other's thinking, we wanted to share the stories together. And so, I, I, uh, the more technology changes and the more society is disruptive, I believe in going back to the basics of like, let us read, let's read aloud together. Uh, and I, I, th I think that that's the antidote to a lot of things that are, um, that are disruptive to students' progress in, in learning right now. 
Doug Lamov, thank you for sharing expertise on hybrid teaching and learning. I always learn a lot from you, and I hope that together we've shared some important messages for educators across the country and around the globe. Thanks for giving me the opportunity, Wendy. Listeners, thanks for joining us this week. You can find articles and topics that Doug and I have discussed. You'll see those in the show notes or at teachingchannel.com slash podcast. You can register for my free webinar with Doug and sign up for a professional learning course built by Doug and Teaching Channel at teachingchannel.com slash T-L-A-C. If you leave us a rating and review on whatever podcast listening app you're on, it will help more educators to find us. We'll see you in two weeks with another episode. Thanks for listening.